But I was looking back at what I preached on over the last couple of years, and today something struck me differently than the past couple years when I was reading this gospel this week. And it was specifically just the love of God. The love of God the Father and, and how amazing His love is. You know, when we think about this story, a son comes to his father, the younger son, and says, I want my inheritance. Imagine if someone did that to you. Imagine if one of your kids said, give me my share. You know, just, just give me my share. It's like pretty much saying, I wish you were dead. Because you don't get an inheritance unless someone dies, unless someone passes away. And that's what this younger son was doing. He was saying, Dad, I just wish that you were dead. I want my money now. I want my share now. And what does he do? We hear in the gospel, Jesus tells us that he goes out, he lives a very loose life, a very sinful life, in a very far country, and then eventually he starves. He becomes poor. He spends all of his money. And he decides to go back to his father just to ask if he can be one of his servants. Not to be one of his sons, just to be one of his servants. And he goes back to his father. And I think there are three things that have been really striking me about the father in this gospel, which are his love, his mercy, and his joy. His love, his mercy, his joy. The first thing is his love. He's sitting down and he's looking and the father sees his son coming towards him. He's at a distance, he's very far away. He sees his son coming towards him. The father doesn't wait. The father gets up, he runs to his son, he embraces his son, and then he kisses him. I just think about that, I've been praying with that scene all week. How the father runs to him, he embraces him, and he kisses him. It really shows the great love of this father. And then his mercy. His mercy. His son comes and says, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven and earth. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Hire me as one of your servants. I think a normal Chaldean dad, if he forgave his son, would say, Okay, I forgive you. Yalla, get back to work. Right? Go back to work. But the father doesn't even say anything. The father doesn't even say a word. He just says, bring the best robe, bring a ring, bring shoes, and clothe him. Let's kill the fatted calf, and let's rejoice. Let's party, because my son is back. My son was lost, and he's found, and he's here. And so they made him kuzi and they had a hafla. Now what a beautiful scene. That he doesn't just forgive his son, but he throws him a party and he clothes him and he gives him expensive jewelry because he's back. He's been found. And that leads to this, the third part is his joy. The father's joy. The father's great joy in his son. Jesus is telling us this story, my brothers and sisters, because he's trying to show us who God is. 
These are all attributes of God. God is a God of love. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of joy. That's what He is. But I think our issue is we don't see God in that way. We actually struggle seeing God in that way. And I think the reason for that is because a lot of us have wounds, a lot of us have a lot of hurt, specifically from our parents. This is psychological. We look at God and we relate to God the way we relate to our father or even our mother. And I think the issue as to why we can't see God as loving and merciful and joyful is because in reality, my brothers and sisters, and especially in our community, a lot of fathers were not present to their kids, were not around for their kids, and a lot of mothers were too critical and constantly picking at every single fault of their child. You know, you hear us preach a lot about fathers, but sometimes mothers are very much worse than the father. When it comes to constantly picking at the faults. Oh, you're never going to get married. Look how fat you are. Look how big you are. I've literally seen kids, witness kids in depression because their parents yelled at them because they didn't get all A's. They got a B. God forbid someone gets a B. Just because you get all A's in high school, it doesn't stop you from becoming a pothead in college. All A's literally mean nothing unless I know that God is a God of love, God is a God of mercy, God is a God of joy. And so a lot of times we have these wounds from our parents. And so this is really for our parents to understand that before picking at everything, we need to teach our children who God is. We need to teach them who He is. And they're going to learn who God is by who you are as a father, by who you are as a mother. That's how they're going to learn. Another thing in the Gospel as to an issue as to why we can't see God as loving and merciful and joyful is literally what the younger son says. He recognizes his sin, he recognizes that he messed up, And what does he say? I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to tell him to hire me as his servant because I'm no longer worthy to be his son. Sometimes we feel like we're no longer worthy. Whether it's our sin, whatever we've messed up with, whatever we've done, we feel like we're just no longer worthy. Think about how many people, when they're in mortal sin, when we've committed some big sin, we don't go to church. I don't want to go to church because I can't receive the Eucharist. I can't receive Qurbana. And because I'm in sin, so I'm just going to wait till I go to confession and then I'll go to church. Because I'm not worthy right now. You know what we do when we, when we live like that? We're allowing the devil to win. We already allowed the devil to win once by tempting us to fall into sin. Why should I allow the devil to keep me away from God? The church is not meant for perfect people. The church is meant for sinners. The church is meant for people who are needy, for people who are sick. And so if we feel like we're not worthy, don't allow the devil to keep us away. 
God is this God of love, of mercy, of joy. And so we need to come back to Him. We need to come back to the Lord. Sometimes we think God is just this angry God, this condemning God, this God who is not present, this God who doesn't really love me, this God who doesn't understand me. But the truth is, there's no one who understands us more than God. There's no one who loves us more than God. You've heard me in these last years preach about the two greatest gifts, and I constantly preach about this. The Eucharist and confession. The Eucharist and confession. If my life is not surrounded around the Eucharist and confession, then my life is going to be miserable, dry, broken, depressing. There are so many gifts that the Lord has for us, whether it's in the Mass, in adoration, or simply when I come to confession and confess my sins. I'm going to call out my dad right now. My dad hadn't been to confession in 23 years. Thankfully to all the holy prayers of my mom, he finally went to confession. After 23 years, he went to confession. And I'll never forget the time that he called me after he went to confession. He called me and he said, Perrin, the feeling that I have right now, I've never had in my life. The peace that I'm feeling right now, I've never had in my life. We need to go to confession. My dad won't let me hear his confession. That's fine, okay? But we need to go to confession. It's such a powerful experience to sit before the priest and to confess our sins to God through the priest. We need to come to Mass. We need to receive the Eucharist. Because when I'm not doing that, I'm starving myself. I'm empty. I'm not filled. One of the things that I prayed for before I was a priest was, Lord, I want to be a holy priest, I want to be a humble priest, and I want to be a happy priest. That's what I want to be. And I think that that's not just for priests. We are all called to that, my brothers and sisters, to be holy, humble, and happy. That's what we're called to. Holy, to love God. Humble, to be merciful. And happy, to be joyful. That's what we're called to. And we cannot do that unless we love God and unless we receive love from Him first. I want to close with this. You know, one of my missions, as Abu Nafawaz said, as I leave this parish, is uh, as vocations director. So to pray with and to work with men and women who are desiring to enter the priesthood or religious life. And we're in great need of that. We could build more churches. I mean, look at this church right now. We can build more churches in our diocese, in our, in our community here. But we cannot do that unless we have more priests and more nuns. I am so humbled and honored to be a part of this work, honestly. And it's something that I've always desired to do. Because I love being a priest. One of the things I've said to you before is, I, I felt called to the priesthood since I was six years old. Since I was six, I wanted to become a priest. And God made that a reality. God made that real for me. And so I knew when I was in seminary, I knew that I would love being a priest. I knew I would love it with all of my heart, but I never thought my life would be this beautiful. 
I never thought my life would be this beautiful. I never thought my priesthood would be this amazing. And it's because of this church, and it's because of people like you. Our community is so blessed. Our community is amazing. That even Khwarea are coming to this church, okay? Because there's something special happening in the Chaldean church. There's something amazing happening in our church. The Holy Spirit is working, God is alive, and there's so much good taking place. And so I want to say that if you're feeling called to be a priest or a nun, even if it's just a little bit, I want you to pursue it, to pray about it, to think about it, to reach out to me, if that's where you feel called. Because it's an amazing life, and it's a beautiful life. And as a priest and a nun, God constantly takes care of us. He does. Because we are special to Him. We are set apart with Him. And I've never not felt taken care of by God. God has taken care of me my entire life, my entire priesthood. And it's proof because He's given me you. And He's given me this church. And this place has changed my life for the rest of my life. So my brothers and sisters, in this Mass, I want us to pray to experience God's love. To experience His mercy. To experience His joy. Because that's what He desires for us every time we come to Mass. Amen.